There is no other podcast like this, so proceed with caution as we challenge your beliefs by providing the forbidden information kept away from you and your family by modern medicine so they can keep you on the path of drugs for anything and drugs for everything. Hundreds of years of preventative medical wisdom have been dismantled by Big Pharma. We are truly in the dark ages of healing. After all, it's not just about living long. It's about living well. If your continuing search for answers has led you nowhere, you will find the truth here on the Forbidden Doctor Podcast. Seek the truth with your hosts, Dr. Jack and Mary Stockwell. Hey, everybody. It's Dr. Jack. And Mary. And we are here with episode 85. (laughs) Gene Confusion Explained. MTHFR. Also known as methylene tetrahydrofolate reductase. Ooh, say it again. Methylene tetrahydrofolate reductase. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff out there on the street regarding MTHFR gene confusion. And mostly the way to pronounce it because there there are no vowels. MT Mother fur. Mother fur. Mother for gene confusion. Explain. All right, we'll try that. Mother for. So what we're going to talk about is understanding and supporting uh, the concept of methylation. Methylation is a chemical term, and when we're done here, you are going to be experts on what that word means. Yeah, this is a big thing. Everybody that I talk to, our dentist, I mean, every, I can't methylate. Yes. I have problems methylating. Yes, and you probably have people in your workplace, your church group, your neighborhoods who come up to you and said, honey, I know your problem. You just don't methylate. <laughs> So we're going to be talking about that and how it is involved with so many processes in the body that, um, well, the symptoms that are linked to faulty, faulty methylation, cancer, early death, heart disease, stroke, depression, Alzheimer's, ADHD, diabetes, insomnia, autism, and, and many, many more. Many more. And the biggest one of all is the anti-aging or the aging process. Mm-hmm. That is Premature aging. Premature aging. That's accelerated if you cannot methylate, and we will explain why. Mostly Jack will explain why, but because he's taught me so much about this, too. We've done a lot of studying. Well, you've taught me a few things about this, putting these notes together. I know a lot about supporting it, but actually understanding the biology of it and what happens. This is going to be exciting, guys, so hang on. But we have some exciting news to tell you. We have a new survey. I think we talked about it last week, but... We're still very excited about it. It's our own Forbidden Doctor survey. You go to ForbiddenDoctor.com. It's much easier to fill out. And just as the universe is in a constant state of flux, so are we. We felt the last survey was too big of a hurdle to get through. Um, There was about 200 questions. And some people just wanted to get inside to see our website and the forbidden stuff inside and browse around. So all of you that have loved ones that would like to get into the forbidden information, tell them about our website, ForbiddenDoctor.com, and tell them they have a really easy survey to fill out. They can search their own symptoms. They can just type in like insomnia in the search box and up pops the answer for insomnia. And you can order the products right then and there. And since you're listening to this podcast, at the end of the episode, we'll give you a coupon code for free shipping. And if you're not already a member of the website, the only way to see protocols on our website is to take our Forbidden Doctor Now Easier survey at ForbiddenDoctor.com. Okay, here's our weekly feature, Forbidden Secrets They Don't Want You to Know. Um, These are secret things they keep from you, the dumb things they tell you, and the really important things they know nothing about. Um, Just recently, really quickly, we um, our son's school... The um, Nazis that they are changed the requirements for the school to where you can't go to that school if you don't have a medical exemption for vaccinations. They no longer... You can't go to the school without being vaccinated. The only way out of it is a medical exemption because it's a private school. Mm -hmm. The public school um, exclusions don't apply. Right. The law doesn't apply. They can say, you know, nobody with blonde hair can go to this school. Oh, actually, that might be discriminatory, so maybe they can't do that. But they can discriminate against vaccination. So, of course, um, our son has never been vaccinated. And one of the reasons I think he recovered so well from 
the surgery he had last, no, it's been a year and a half ago now. Mm-hmm, year and a half. Yeah, we talked about it on a podcast. I don't know what number that was, but um, was because I think his body had not been assaulted with mercury and aluminum for silly little diseases like chickenpox or um, measles or even mumps. I mean, I had mumps when I was young. Now, I think if there was a black plague or something, it might be worth putting some aluminum in your child's body. But so... Well, aluminum, remember, it's not as toxic as mercury, but it is pretty close to mercury. Well, they've had to up the aluminum so high to such an extent, it, it, um, you know, you'd have to have hazmat come in <laughs> if you spilled this amount on the floor. So because they had to take out the mercury, because um, mothers and families threw such a fit over the mercury, they put in aluminum. So I've been trying to get an exemption, a medical exemption for him, and I called um, his doctors, his neurosurgeon, and they absolutely refused. Actually, I never got to talk to a doctor. I love this. I only got to talk to a nurse. No, the doctors wouldn't talk to you. Oh, no. And I said, my husband's a doctor. He talks to patients all the time. Why can't I talk to the doctor? Well, they didn't even have the exemption forms, which I think is really funny. And But they just absolutely refused. And I said, you know, you... They said, go to your general practitioner and see if he has an exemption for me. Get it from him, not us. We don't want to be responsible. And I said, our son does not have a general practitioner doctor. He doesn't. Yeah, you're the general. Yeah. You're his physician. Um, But regardless, that's kind of dishonest, in my opinion. I said, you're the neurosurgeons. You're the only ones that have seen our son since he's been born. Our son has not been to a doctor. He's never stepped inside of a for a well baby checkup or anything. So you are the only ones with files, with medical files on our son. And I don't want to bathe his, you know, his brain and his bloodstream with aluminum at this point. I mean, he's 16, almost 17 years old. I'm not going to put vaccinations. I mean, none of that. I'm not going to do that. And if you don't give us this exemption because you're his only doctor, then it would be dishonest for me to go to another doctor that has no idea about our son's health and get this exemption. And they didn't see it that way. No, just absolutely refused. Mm. And I talked to them about the cell mediated immunity and the humoral immunity and why it's causing so many autoimmune diseases out there because we're just stimulating the humoral immunity system and it's 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 all these antibodies that we are stimulating the body to make abnormally are now turning on our children and we have more autoimmune diseases it's the fastest growing disease category in our in in our medical establishment is autoimmune diseases when i was born it was not believed that the body would attack itself it probably didn't now much. there are over 80 autoimmune, recognized autoimmune diseases. Yeah, let alone cancer being the number one killer of children. So so that was the stupid things they know nothing about. That was what I had to teach these nurses. Then I finally called the infectious disease doctor. They wouldn't talk. let me talk to a doctor either. And then I'm getting ready to call the ENT, the ear, nose, and throat doctor that did see him on a round one time and see if he has the exemption forms. Because they're going to keep him out of school. I mean, they won't let him go to the private school he goes to. It's just a Catholic school. It's way less kids, and they're pretty good kids in the school. So we want to keep him in that if we can. And... This is just stunning, the, um, the amount of power they have over our children. So there's also a new article that they're talking about Big Pharma developing baby vaccines for pregnant women. And I don't know if we have time to get into this much because I want to get into this Not gene really. mutation. But it's pretty scary that they would put mercury, the mom flu shot. is already putting, by the fifth month of gestation, mom is already putting her immune system into the developing baby. Yep. Mm-hmm. It does not need a chemical immune system. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it says... Um, just the, more money. This is real quick. They're, they're trying to design a vaccine given to pregnant <clears throat> women in order to pass antibodies onto their unborn infants. The fact that this protection would only be short-term is not viewed as a problem to them. Yeah. <laughs> Babies are born with a lot of their mother's autoimmunity in the baby, uh, which lasts through about the first five to six months of the baby's life. 
there's a, there's a lot of antibodies in the baby. They came from mama. Now they're trying to do it chemically. It's, it falls back on the old slogan, live better chemically. Yeah. Well, it's it's funny because they, in spite of the CDC's recommendations, most vaccines, including flu and the Tdap vaccines, have not been proven safe for pregnant women. Just take a look at the FDA package insert. Well, that says don't give this they, to pregnant they, women. They do not prove vaccines safe one way or the other for anyway. Anybody, but because they're not drugs. Yeah. They're biological agents, so they don't have to go through safety procedures. Yeah. Well, GlaxoSmithKline is trying to develop a vaccine for RSV and a strep, and they hope these vaccines will someday be administered routinely during pregnancies. Yeah. Yeah. So there, by the way, did you know GlaxoSmithKline is carrying out trials on women in sub-Saharan Africa? Oh, yeah. They go Pregnant in there. Pregnant women. They go in there and they give them food, give them cattle, give them water pumps, I mean, uh, wells in return. Uh, for donating their tissue to vaccine studies. Yeah, it says the FDA has promised to accept the results of these trials. Um, and, and who are you going to trust? Who are you going to trust for these trials? And then these poor people who don't know any better, the sub-Saharan Africans, which is pr- primarily... Well, they said they couldn't even track it because these women, most of them don't even deliver in hospitals. Yeah, what do they want? What so they're, so what they they're, won't see the damage. Well, well, that's just it. The thing you're trying to make sure of is it doesn't kill them. Well, I mean, you know, within a week or two, they're still alive a week or two after the injection, then they're safe. Can you imagine? Yep. I mean, okay. okay. Now, I'm not being silly. No, I know. I know. that I, I, I just want to stand up and scream. It's just a lot of people do not bother to study these things. VacTruth, V-A-C-Truth.com or .org, I forget yeah, it is. It's um, a good place to start studying. I had a big discussion with um, my brother, who's a doctor, about trying to get this exemption form. And I told him about... Because he went on and on and on to me about how vaccines are safe. There's no studies that have proven they cause autism, blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, what about the little five-year-old boy that just came into our office about four months ago? He got seven vaccines at once when he was 13 months old. He never spoke again. He had two grand mal seizures, never spoke again. He's in diapers. He doesn't even understand what his parents say to him. Now, you try telling those parents that the vaccines did yeah, not cause this. Yeah, because before that, he was coming along just fine. Yeah, yeah. It, it just, I mean, in, in his mind, it's like, well, he, that would have happened anyway. He would have suddenly had two grand mal seizures and never spoke again. Yeah. I mean, it's stunning to me. So let me get, leave you on a happy note. Um, remember I talked about the little boy that um, they put on GAPS? He was our patient, and they put on gaps, and they were so worried about him because he wouldn't eat anything for four days. Remember, he had to crawl up to a toilet and hang on to the toilet to try and throw up because he kept throwing up and throwing up. And then he turned around just about the time they were about to take him in the hospital and put an IV in him or, you know, a nasal tube or something. And he turned around. Let me read to you what she just wrote. She said, so another crazy thing has recently happened with our son and I'm not going to say his name, is that he's starting to act more socially appropriate. Seriously, it used to be horrible to have him at the park or with other kids. Totally weird, and there was just no way I could teach him or get through to him. He was recently appropriately playing twice with other kids, and I heard another kid ask him directly if he would play with him. That was huge. No kids asked the weird ones to play. It almost made me cry. It is so isolating and lonely to have a kid whom no one likes and you don't or can't help them even though you try every single day. And he didn't necessarily have friends and probably didn't understand he was driving everyone away. We still have a long way to go, but I do appreciate you I do appreciate seeing these changes before my eyes. Anyway, you know, she wants to know how much longer. She says how much longer do you think it'll be? The where we're seeing more. And I, you know, I came back to her as I did the other little boy that's seen some changes. He's now making eye contact with his parents and he's calmer. But I said, you know, this damage to their immune, their nervous system is significant. So it could take, I mean, it takes the nervous system seven years to completely turn itself over again. So maybe in seven years, you keep him on this diet. I don't even think it's a maybe. You keep him on this diet. You, I know it's a hard diet with no sugar and no carbs and no hostess Twinkies or anything much. And you keep him on this diet and he's going to 
be a completely different person nervous system wise in seven years. What could happen? You know, just keep just keep doing what you've been doing up to this point. Yeah, I know seven years is a long time, but he's gonna live seven more years. Don't you want him seven years healthier than seven years sure. less healthy? Sure. Okay. So that's the end of our little segment. Let's start our podcast. Let's just begin with some basic biology. What we're going to be talking about is this particular gene that has been in the news a lot lately, the MTHFR gene, which stands for methylene tetrahydrofolate reductase. It's a very important gene. You probably, well, you have this gene or you wouldn't be alive. Right. And your gene is probably working just fine, just like the other twenty to 25,000 coding genes that are inside the body that you don't know anything about, but they're doing their little job every single day, billions of times a second throughout the entire cellular structure of your body. And the MTHFR has been in the news a lot lately, and we've been getting some requests from some of our listeners. Would you please explain what all this confusion about is about? Well, <clears throat> let's start at the beginning. Let's start with DNA. Well, a DNA is a molecule. It's a very big molecule. Uh, Watson and Crick, I think back in 1953, were the ones that got the Nobel Prize for it. Uh, they didn't just suddenly sit there and say, hey, you know, Watson, yes, Crick, what is that? I think there's a double helix structure out there hiding inside the cellular design of the nucleic acids of the nucleus of our cells, and I think I got it all figured out. <laughs> no, they started figuring this stuff out in the middle 1800s, mm. and <clears throat> they didn't have the DNA structure then. But they knew there was something inside the nucleus of a cell. Now, they had some pretty powerful microscopes back then. And each decade that went by, there was more and more of an understanding that there was something in the nucleus that was different than the rest of the cell. Mm -hmm. And they began, by 1900, they understood there was a DNA. They didn't, know the, they didn't know what to call it. They didn't know exactly how it worked, but they knew it was there because they could see rudiments of it with their optics, their, their microscopes. And then eventually with the development of X-ray and X-ray microscopy, the electron microscope and things like this, they could see tighter and tighter and tighter dimensions. And they began to see these structures that looked helical, but they weren't really sure of it. You know, the double helix matrix of the DNA the structure. The spinning ladder. The spinning, oh, very good, the spinning ladder. Mm -hmm. So finally, this lady, I hate to say this, but her name escapes me at the moment. She was taking photographs uh, with the electron microscope, and she began to see the structure unfold in front of her. Mm. And she collaborated with Watson and Crick and a few other gentlemen whose names I don't recall offhand. But she died a year before Watson and Crick got the Nobel Prize. Otherwise, she her name should have been there. and We she would re remember because it. Because Watson and Crick were the, built their work on what she had done. Hmm. Anyway, so they finally came up with a double helix molecule. And uh, what a gene is, is a gene is a piece of that DNA molecule. Now, DNA molecules, as I said, they're very, very big. They carry all the genetic instructions that are used in our growth and our development, how we function, our reproduction, in fact, the reproduction of all living organisms and, and many viruses for that matter. And DNA just stores the biological information of what we are as so a like species. How you look. The blueprints of how you look. Like why I'm so cute. Things like that. Yeah, that kind of thing. And you can see genetic expression by looking at somebody just by the color of their eyes. Is you know, determined it's funny by because my two oldest daughters haven't lived with their dad for, well, since they were little teeny girls. And they have these expressions that are exactly like him all oh, yeah. the time. It's yeah. freaky. It's like, it's like he's standing there. That's, I mean, that's the strength of genes. Well, a large part of DNA... Most of the DNA, in fact, it's 98% for humans, is something that's called non-coding. It means that these sections of DNA don't really serve as a pattern for making proteins. That's the main thing DNA does, because DNA is the building block of the body. I mean, uh, proteins, proteins that are yeah. made out of amino acids. They're kind of the building blocks of the body, which means that less than 2% of all of your DNA is actually designed to make proteins. And the reason we're talking about this is because that MF... MTHFR gene has an awful lot to do with protein synthesis or the making of proteins. So with over, and then over 50% of the human 
DNA structure. It consists of what are known as non-coding repetitive sequences, that, which means here's a piece of the DNA which is exactly like this piece of the DNA, which is exactly like this piece of the DNA. And is that so if something got damaged? Well, there's, there's controversy. There, there's, there's, there's controversy. redundant system set up? Right. The, some redundancy there is believed to be the result of um, just backup systems in case there was DNA damage. And we're, always, we're getting DNA damage from ultraviolet bright rays from the sun. We're getting DNA damage from background radiation coming out of the earth. Radon gas that comes out of rocky areas into people's basements that they breathe. There are all kinds of things will tend this to, is so fascinating. To, to alter the, DNA, the basic DNA structure. So, um, and it, this is just, it's just incredible that most of the DNA inside of you is not involved with coding. Now, coding, let me give you an example with computers. There's a computer code that makes a mathematical program in a computer that can do all your math. Like, you know, in your, everybody's smartphone's got a calculator in there. There's a code for that. There's also a code for spell checking. And those two codes are totally different from one another. But the ability of that software to work is based on that code. Now, the ability of your eyes to look like your eyes and your lungs to look like your lungs are based on those codes. But that's only 2% of the entire DNA. Wow. And inside the coding part of the DNA, there's about 20,000, some as high as 25,000, who's counting? I'm not counting them today. I gave up after 200. (laughs) uh, That actually tell how a protein is supposed to look. Now, proteins build your nose and they build your eyes and they build your esophagus and your adrenals. And all these things are based on the DNA of that tissue. Over and over again. Over and over again. The, exactly. the nervous system, seven years. And so you are made of proteins that the DNA tells inside the nucleus of a cell. This information is given to the RNA. The RNA leaves the nucleus of the cell and goes into the regular cell material to make sure that the protein synthesis, the building of proteins that makes that kidney cell a kidney cell, that makes that nerve cell a nerve cell, is being followed correctly. The way I always explain it is you have like DNA, you can think of it just your fist, and then you cover your fist with warm wax, and it imprints your fist. Oh, that's good. Your fist onto that warm wax. And that warm wax is the RNA. Yes. And so it takes that warm wax, goes out into the body with the imprintation or whatever of the DNA and says, I need this and this and this and this and this to rebuild the cell. And it comes back. And to keep the cell alive. The second messenger. Right. Yeah. And then eventually, so it rebuilds it. And this is where anti-aging comes in because it's got to rebuild it right. Yes. The same. Now, methylation has an awful lot to do with that. Right. And... You're, you're made of proteins that are made of amino acids, which patterns come from the RNA, as you were saying there, that get the message from the DNA. And this information is carried in these sequences called genes, like the MTHFR gene. And a gene is just a unit of heredity. It's, it's a region of that DNA that has a particular characteristic for that particular organism. Anything alive has genetic structure in it because it has DNA. So even a single-cell amoeba has DNA and a genetic structure and genes that code that amoeba to be an amoeba. Wow, so go Just ahead. as a multicellular creature like you and like myself. Complex, very, mind you. Definitely. Who can change your mind anytime she yes, wants. Yes, definitely on your end. Yeah. Very complex structure. You have very complex genetic Material. <laughs> so, but you have genes that control how a nerve works. You have genes that control how digestion works. And there's a gene that controls how methylation works. And I think we need to jump into that word, methylation. Okay, so... So, by review, DNA makes up the gene that makes up the chromosomes, that makes up the nucleus, that makes, up, makes the cell operate as a particular kind of cell following the original blueprint design. Okay. Now, natural variation of some genes is is very common in healthy people. Natural variation of this MTHFR uh, gene is very common. And remember, genes only express themselves 
when they get a chemical messenger to do it. And one of the jobs of this particular gene is to cause methylation to take place. Okay, now when you say natural variations, are you talking about differences or mutations which has, has a negative connotation with the variation of, of the MTHFR gene? Yes, yes, but now methylation would still take place, but it may take place just a little bit differently. <clears throat> but, but it would still take place in the sense of being healthy, so you wouldn't even know you had a variant. You could have a variant that affect your skin color. You could have your, your skin color could be slightly different than anybody else in, in the family. Yeah, like vitiligo. When, when you get that as you get older, then there's some variant, or you could call it a mutation. Am I correct in saying that? Probably so. So that gene mutated, and it's now doing something different than it did when you were eight years old. Yeah, I think it's you could say that. It's now rebuilding the, you know, the amino acid formation and then the, the resulting protein uh, like um, synthesis. It, it somehow gets mixed up or it somehow the amino acids don't make this protein the same as it yeah. did in the past. Yes. Okay, but, am I getting but, that right? Yeah, but it can't be too much of a variation or that protein won't be what it's supposed to be. But it could act a little screwy. Is this where maybe stem cells mutate? It, and the can- it very well could be a, 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 and lead to cancer. Cancer, yeah. yeah. Now, this MTHFR gene, is, it makes instructions for an enzyme, which is, which is what it stands for, the methylene tetrahydrofolate reductase. A's means enzyme. Mm-hmm. That means cut up. Right. Right? A's. Right. And so it plays a role in recovering... Uh, a lot of different things, but one of the very important thing it does is one of the essential amino acids, methionine, is used in the formation of homocysteine. Homocysteine is an amino acid that's made by the body during periods of inflammation. And so if you've had cardiac problems, uh, they used to look at your cholesterol numbers to determine whether you were a candidate for heart disease or a heart attack. And now they know that's nonsense. What they look for now is for homocysteine, homocysteine and C-reactive protein. And homocysteine is made out of methionine. Methionine is an essential amino acid. It has to, it's one of the nine essentials, and it has to come in your diet. And then it goes through several cycles of its own where it makes other amino acids, like homocysteine, mm-hmm. and a lot of the non-essential amino acids, like cysteine, which is also another sulfur-bearing, I mean, the two sulfur-bearing amino acids, methionine and cysteine. And you have a variety of these amino acids because you have such a variety of proteins inside the body of which these um, amino acids make. Now, Now, to make the homocysteine, though, you have to have, they're really dependent on methionine. methionine. Right. Okay, and that you have to get from your diet. Right. Because you do want homocysteine. You do want inflammation if you have some wound in your body. If a lesion forms somewhere, there's going to be a reactive chemical process takes place. So the methylation, though, will will stop it when it's done. Well, the methylation will reduce that homocysteine into its constituent parts, Break one of which down. is methionine. So methionine comes back into the system. So it's a cyclical it almost, thing that it goes... Al- yeah, it almost works... It, I wanted to call it a catalyst. It works kind of like a catalyst, but it's not a catalyst. But it, but it, methionine is part of the building blocks of other amino acids and protein structures of which they are methionine dependent, which means you've got to have methionine present to make these other things happen. Now, with the MTHFR gene, you have a you real problem variant. with methylation. Right. With it, well, I'm, yeah, the variant. The variant, the, the mutated. There's two major uh, mutations of that gene. And then uh, and people go around saying, well, I have that gene, so I can't methylate. Well, if they weren't methylating, <laughs> they wouldn't be alive. They would be dead. Now, methylating is simply sticking a methyl group on the end of a, that's an NH3, mm-hmm. on the end of a chemical compound to make that chemical compound water-soluble. So you can break it down and get rid of it. So it, could, it mixes in the urine and you pee it out of the body. It's, it's one of the, methylation is one of the main detoxification processes of the body, especially in the sense of homocysteine, because you can get hyperhomocysteinuremia 
uh, a buildup of, uh, I mean, urea, a buildup of homocysteine in the blood. Inflammation. Trying to get it, it, you get uh, um, levels of homocysteine showing up in the urine, trying to get it out of the body. But methionine gets locked up in that homocysteine molecule and you can become methionine deficient as a result if you don't have enough methionine coming in in your diet. If you don't have enough methionine, you're going to be lacking some other amino acids, which are going to affect other protein structures. And these proteins are involved. Effect. Exactly. These proteins are involved with enzymes. They're involved with uh, neurotransmitters. They're involved with hormones. One interesting one was the adrenal hormone. You said you needed methionine. You were explaining this to me earlier. You need methionine to create the... Oh, adrenaline. Yeah, adrenaline. But you need it to break it down. But methylation is necessary to break that that adrenaline down. So if a a dog is chasing you and your adrenaline just goes crazy, yeah. Well, after the dog doesn't bite your leg off, which is what usually happens, and then the, the fear leaves, you have to be able to break down that... That methylation does that, and that gene is involved with that. And if you don't, then inflammation occurs in maybe many different instances. Yeah. And, and then you have this constant state of inflammation, which isn't a good thing. But if you're eating properly and supplementing properly, this should be a natural process Absolutely. that we've never had Absolutely. before. It's never been a big deal till Bef- the last five, ten years. Before all this, you yeah. know, macaroni and cheese, and you don't know how much, you know, the um, aluminum has taken, and the well, mercury in our kids yeah. has, has caused these problems. Well, methionine is the only essential amino acid that has sulfur. And, it's, and so methionine becomes the precursor of other sulfur-containing amino acids that your body will make, cysteine, taurine, homocysteine, cystathione. Um, these are all important building blocks inside the body. And um, if you don't have this, as you were talking about here a few moments ago, you get this cascade effect that can really cause some serious problems. Now, methionine is essential. <laughs> essential. <laughs> Come on, Jack. For the essential... excuse me, for the synthesis of proteins, which means to make proteins, but other things besides um, proteins. So when they have done experiments with lab animals in restricting methionine in that animal's diet, they got pretty sick. They got fatty liver disease. Fatty liver disease. And and it also, there was genetic instability, which means other genes started to act a little screwy so that you end up with aberrant gene expression. And aberrant gene expression is just a nice, easy way to say gene mutation leading to cancer. cancer. Yeah. So it's been, you know, it's been suggested that some aspects of this has the ability to extend life. Uh, glycine, which is another amino acid. Uh, experiments have been done with this that show extension of life. Uh, glycine is another amino acid. That A 30% is, extension yes, in lifespan. That are, necess- that are dependent upon essential amino acids. And But I want to get back to methylation. Okay. Now, you know, methane gas, the stuff that comes up out of the earth from rotting. It smells uh, bad. Well, actually, methane doesn't have a smell. Well, sulfur does. Sulfur does. Yeah. And the methane that comes out of the back end of a cow or the... Uh, I don't know. I haven't smelled that. Have the you? The back end of a two-legged <laughs> cow uh, that can smell pretty bad. This, this methane mm-hmm. is a gas that just has the methyl group in it. But you take this methyl group and you attach it, and your body has enzymes that does that, triggered by the gene, MTHFR, to stick a methyl group on the end of this chemical compound. So now it's not toxic. It's not poisonous. It has been turned off in the, in the sense of its true chemical effect, and it's now soluble in water. It mixes with water. It ends up in the kidneys, into the bladder, and out of the body as urine. Hmm. That's happening all every second of your life. You never even think about it because you've got a healthy MTHFR uh, gene. gene. Now, there's two variants of that where that gene can be just a little squirrely, and that's the whole purpose of this podcast today because symptoms that are linked to 
methylation problems is the is vitamin B9 in the in, inability to manufacture folate or to process folate into folic acid. Folate's in a lot of green vegetables. It's in liver. It's in a bunch of different sources of food. But it's very necessary in early nervous system development to have folic acid present. And if you have faulty methylation or the inability to uh, do what I just described, some of the diseases associated with that, cancer, early death, heart disease, stroke, depression. Now, wait, is this where the spinal bifida comes in? Yeah, absolutely. That's why mothers are told, well, pre-mothers are told to take folic acid. Yes. The, early, the, the very first thing that develops within hours to a week or two or to a few days, let me just put it that way, is the early rudiments... That was a big stretch there. Hours to a week to a few days. <laughs> is the nervous system and the spine. And the nervous system forms first before there's a beating heart. Yeah, we have there's we, the formation of a nervous system, and that is totally folic acid dependent. We had um, somebody that worked for us that um, was not a real healthy person. This was years before she worked for us, um, but she had a spinal bifida baby, and it was so badly deformed that she did abort it. They said it wouldn't live. It probably wouldn't even live through the pregnancy. It was really terrible. Yeah. So she aborted it, and then she, of course, started taking, you know, folic acid. But you know, she should she should have started eating liver. But what has she eaten? Well, I know what she had eaten because I saw what she fed her kids when we first hired her, and it was really, really, really scary. In fact, her son used to go over there, and she would babysit him, and you know, she changed. She just really got on board and supplemented and everything else. But it was very sad. She said it was so traumatic, beyond traumatic, that she had to abort this little baby boy. And then she did have another baby after that, but it was a girl. She she just had two girls and not a boy. Well, here, here are some of the ways that we use methylation. Here are some of the reasons why the MTHFR gene is so important. Uh, it's necessary in cell division and renewal by protecting the DNA and the RNA. It synthesizes and clears adrenaline out of the body. You use that good example of the dog. Um, you need adrenaline fast, but you need that adrenaline broken down fast. Gotten out of or here. once the immediate cause of your fear and panic is over with, you'll still be bouncing around in fear and panic. Well, it's like the never-ending ulcer inside of your body with, with the, you know, in your um, arteries that Dr. McBride talks about where you've, you know, you've got the LDL coming up and cleaning out a wound or laying down the good cholesterol. And then I'm sure the methylation is a part of that cleaning out the debris, breaking down and getting it out of your body. So that it becomes soluble in the plasma of the blood, which is water-based, so that the body can get rid of it through the kidneys. Yeah. Detoxification in the liver and elsewhere, phase one, phase two of liver detox that that we've talked about so many times. Methylation, uh, sulfuration, with sulfur, glucuronidation. Uh, there's several methods that are used for the liver to clean itself out, but methylation is one of them. And then clearing out excess estrogens from the liver, breaking down histamine, reducing histamine levels, because histamine is a real irritant to the body. Yeah, there's the never-ending ulcer kind of thing. But I, I, you skipped over pretty quick those estrogens in your body, which can cause the breast cancer, mm-hmm. the excess estrogens. And so your liver needs to... Have help with this. In fact, you eat liver to help your liver. Amazing. Yeah. Imagine that. Uh, energy production, the protection of cell membranes, and, it, and maybe the most important one of all is it regulates how our genes get expressed. You can have a bad gene. Mm-hmm. You can have a variant the of the MTHFR one, BRCA2. or BRCA1, BRCA2 breast cancer mm-hmm. genes, but it doesn't mean they have to express themselves. That's right. And methylation is one of the ways in which your body makes sure that the right genes are turned on and the bad genes don't get turned on. So it means that even if we have a gene that predisposes us to a disease like Alzheimer's, we can get that gene to stay silent by supporting healthy methylation, which is what MTHFR does. Now, there are people listening to this right now, sweetie, that have a variant of the MTHFR gene. Mm -hmm. They've had Um, their genes tested like you and I did, 23andMe. If you want to go there, there's other places, but 23andMe.com. There are tests that can be done yeah. to find out if you have this gene. Yeah. If you have this gene, then there are things that you want to do because uh, some people go around, like I said earlier, this fellow that we both know says, well, I can't methylate anymore because I found out I have that gene, which is nonsense, or he wouldn't be alive. Yeah. 
but the methylation process inside of him may be hurting a bit. Higher homocysteine levels, lower methionine, which means the cascade effect for non-essential amino acids could be interrupted or slowed down a little bit. And remember, amino acids are, you know, you've seen brick walls with different colors of mortar between the bricks. Just think of that mortar there as the amino acids that's holding those bricks together. The bricks would be like the skeletons of the body, the skeleton, the bones. The mortar would be the protein structures that's the col- holding the all collagen. The, the collagen that holds all that stuff together. So I wanted to, if you want to write this down, there's a couple genes that you, if you get this 23andMe gene test, one of them is C as in Charlie, 677T. And the other one is A is an apple, one, two, nine, eight, C is in Charlie. If you have two copies of the first one I gave you, this means you are homeo. What does well, that it's, mean? Well, it, it means that Homo- you're homozygous for this variant. Homozygous. It, it, it just means you're getting it. You're getting two shots of this thing. I mean, there's no variant to the variant. Okay, so there's not two. And, and so the enzyme's activity, the ability of the body to methylate, and the other things that this enzyme does can be reduced by as much as 75%. Yeah. If you have one copy of that gene, then activity is only reduced by 33 to 35%. If you have two copies of the second gene I told you about, A1298C, you may lose 39%. Just FYI. Yeah. So we have a we have seven tips if you do get tested and you have this um, MTFR gene variant. MTHFR. MTHFR. I wish they had put a vowel in there. That's so hard to say. So we have seven tips. You want to write these down too or just listen to this a couple of times. The first and most important is to rebuild with real whole food supplementation. Now, I don't know many of you that are going to go out there and gnaw on a liver (laughs) or make our liver, oh, I should put that in, the liver shot um, smoothie that we have. Um, And you can do this. You can go get liver and grind it up and freeze it and then put it in shots. And it is. It's like having a shot. I mean, like a shot of adrenaline or something. It's incredible. Yeah, but it's orally taken. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Not... Not no. like adrenaline. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you just like swallow a, it down the old hatch. Yeah. Yes. But or you can do that, and and I recommend it. And Whole Foods always the best way to go. Or you can just take Cataplex B12 or folic acid B12, which are basically liver, 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 yes. liver. Um, I'll explain them in just a minute. And then we have we have a whole um, protocol protocol for this MTHFR gene, which we'll talk about in just a minute. But number one is to supplement if you're not going to eat these foods, which we'll, we'll go over a few of the foods that are best to eat. Um, but again, eat what you crave. That's the most important. Um, not sugars and pastas and macaroni and cheese and stuff. But when you get all of those horrible cravings out of your life, then you listen to your body and eat what you crave, and it will take very good care of you. Number two um, avoid taking folic acid blocking or depleting drugs such as birth control pills or methyltrexate. It's a rheumatoid arthritis drug, and it's also used as a chemotherapy yes, drug. It is. So if you can, try to avoid that. Um, number three, though, is one you have to avoid. I don't recommend it ever, ever, ever. There's so many different ways, and that is the the plague of taking proton pump inhibitors like Prilosec or Prevacid or antacids like Tums, because those block essential vitamin B12 absorption. Yeah, if your stomach is not acidic enough, you're not going to get B12 absorption. You won't, yeah, you won't break down the proteins into amino acids or it's just the worst thing you could do. And it's so easy to get rid of that um, heartburn or acid reflux. Number four, avoid eating processed foods which many of them have added synthetic folic acid. Um, instead, eat whole foods with no chemicals or preservatives. That's really important. Um, we don't want to disrupt this methylation in any way. I mean, radiation, processed foods, um, all the different um, additives they have in food, the food coloring, everything else, it all contributes to this 
variant or mutation. Yeah, or of the expression the, of the, the variant. The expression of this That's gene. what we're trying to do is to have that variant sleep. Yeah, stay asleep. Don't wake up. Okay? It's like the, the giant. Don't wake the giant. Number five, eat hormone-free, grass-fed organ meats, organic pastured butter or ghee, and eggs from free-range, non-GMO-fed chickens. Eggs are the perfect food. Eat them, eat them, eat them. Number six, you can eat spinach, kale, Swiss chard, or arugula, which is one of my favorites. I, I crave arugula sometimes. And they're loaded with natural levels of folate. And try number seven is remove any mercury amalgams from a trained biological dentist. That's really critical um, that you make sure you get a dentist that doesn't just drill out those amalgams and that you got a cloud Create all of that mercury, of mercury gas in. you breathe in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's special equipment that's used for doing that. Yeah, and then avoid um, aluminum in antiperspirants. Well, don't avoid. Just don't do it. Don't use antiperspirants with aluminum in them. It's crazy that we we just put that right on our skin and we shoot it right into our bodies. Aluminum, it's crazy. And um, don't use aluminum cookware, and that's everywhere. Cookie sheets, tin foil. You you don't even realize the because aluminum. Because aluminum interferes with methylation. Yeah. That's why we mentioned that. Yeah. Same and, thing with mercury. Yeah. And also vaccinations. So that yearly flu shot you're getting, think twice. Think about waking the giant of your MTHFR gene by getting that flu shot. Why don't you just get the flu instead? Okay, so we have put together a protocol for helping to keep that gene asleep if you have it, and it will just help you out in so many other ways. Um, the first, one of the first things we recommend, of course, is the Cataplex B12 or folic acid B12. Food derived, like you said, it's just, they're, li- they're from liver. Yeah, let me tell you the ingredients. Bovine liver is the first ingredient. Um, carrot, sweet potato, calcium lactate, porcine stomach. You can't, Dr. Royal Lee said you can absorb B vitamins without some type of organ meat. It also has bovine spleen in it. How many of you eat the spleen. How many go to the store and say, I need a cow spleen? I mean, nobody does. So it's so much easier to just supplement with this. It also has ovine spleen in it and ovine adrenal extract in it also. A little oat flour and a few other things. It's an amazing product the Center Process put together. So we recommend that. The um, second one we recommend is a product called ProtoFood. And Jack, if you want to explain this. Well, ProtoFood has all of the essential amino acids in it. Yeah. And the problem is, uh, in meat, animal products have all the amino acids, but the problem is they're usually overcooked. Yeah. And there are certain amino acids that are, he- uh, that are heat labile, which means they're destroyed by heat. You can eat a lot of protein foods, but if you're not getting the essential amino acids because maybe the meat is overcooked, then the amino acids that you're eating aren't viable because they won't be able to be utilized in the tissues and they remain circulating in the bloodstream. And people who have, a, you know, the blood gets really thick and they have a decreased appetite, muscular tone begins to fade, they have cold extremities, extremities they're fatigued all the time. It's probably because they have an overabundance of certain levels of amino acids in the blood and not the essentials. And we've seen ourselves with people who will, t- I know myself, taking protofood uh, usually pushes my energy levels up a lot higher because I know I'm getting the essential amino acids. Yeah, it's as though you're running like um, you have a watch factory and you have everything but one thing, like the main mainspring of this watch. Yeah. Okay. So your production line is quiet. You're not making any watches, even though your warehouse is full of all the watch parts. And a little package comes in the mail full of mainsprings. <laughs> so That's na- the essential amino acids. Yeah. So now you can start your production line and you can make watches again. So what happens in the warehouse? It empties out. Yes. So the 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 um, proteins empty out because all these parts can now be used. So people with poor protein metabolism, meaning they have a lot of protein in their blood, which they can't use due to a lack of not eating essential amino acids. And so you take protofood and all of a sudden you can use everything and it empties out of your bloodstream. Yeah, it'll speed up the metabolism. So it gets rid of fatigue. This is the critical thing here. 
um, you're not just bogged down with this. So if you have a weak adrenals or a slow metabolism, people hate that because they know they gain weight with a slow metabolism. Protofood will speed up and your this, metabolism. Yes, and this relates back to the MTHFR gene again, because if you are not getting um, proper methionine synthesis out of the homocysteine breakdown and you're not getting enough methionine in your diet coupled with an MTHFR gene variant, you're going to have poor amino acid synthesis or production in the body. And you're going to have the symptoms you just described, especially the lack of energy and slow metabolism. Yeah. So taking um, protofood. That's why we recommend protofood because it has all of the amino acids in a raw state in it, all the essentials, all the non-essentials. Non-essential just means your body will make them, but they can't. But because they come from a food source, they're there anyway. Yeah, it's not a selective type of thing. Yeah, I think I talked about that in our last podcast about how I take three proto foods at night and some some Cyruta Plus, mm-hmm. really good vitamin C, and it rebuilds. It rebuilds the collagen. Well, I know factors. before I work out, I take protofood to make sure the essential amino acids are there when I'm working those muscles. Mm-hmm. Then you also want to take a good liver support product. We have a bunch of them, but a really strong one is an herbal support that um, is called Livco, and it has milk thistle in it, but it also has calcium, schizandra, and rosemary. And it's just a really, it's not really a tonic. It actually, we have another product called Livton that's more of a tonic. This is actually cleans out your liver. Yeah, and the milk thistle that's in this thing is a very strong methylation stimulant. Yeah, you read that too, right? Yeah, that's why, that, that's why we have that in there. Okay, so um, let's see. Let's go. We have, oh, and then Zypan. Zypan is foundational so you can break down the proteins that you are eating yes. into amino acids. And then Lee Enzymes which um, have all the enzymes in there in there to speed up the process of... Digestion. Yeah, everything. Break, helping breaking down everything to get the fuel for your body. And also, of course, any... Hopefully, there's no mutated cells out there, but it will also help get rid of those and liquefy those and get those out of you. Then a good probiotic to rebuild your gut wall so you can create... Um, many of these proteins in your gut and also do create the, um, the proteins for cleaning out the viruses and the, well, getting the enterocytes healthy again is what I'm trying to say. So they can do a chelation. So they, they, they produce antibiotics. They produce all antibiotics actually known to man that will help keep your gut healthy and strong. Yeah, and not keep the, the artificial, but the, the natural mm-hmm. antibiotics. And keep it in balance so yes. you, you don't have excess of bad <clears throat> proteins. I mean, bad um, flora and microbes and pathogens and everything else in your gut. Then you read something about sesame seeds. Well, sesame seeds are very high in methionine. Oh. So you want sesame seed that was, sesame seed concentrates. We recommend sesame seed oil pearls because they were produced without heat. So you know that the methionine is intact. And then we also recommend a nice enzyme product called Enzacore for leaky gut to help rebuild the wall um, of your gut. So those proteins that, well, hopefully they'll be broken down with the Zypan and then the further strength of the enterocytes inside your gut. But it will help heal and seal the gut wall. So that's very critical. We should probably throw in a little Cyruta Plus. It's always important. So we ought to review this really quick because we're kind of going on in time here. Okay. So just kind of a recap. So with this gene mutation, the MTHFR, when it expresses itself, and it doesn't have to. Right. We've already talked about the things that people do that cause it to express itself. But uh, when it does express itself, you're going to have a buildup of homocysteine in the system, uh, which is going to lead to a deficiency of methionine, which is an essential amino acid. Uh, that leads to the manufacturing of some non-essential amino acids, of which there are 12. So when you do not have enough methionine, you're going to be lacking in protein synthesis from a lack of healthy amino acids. So you can't make protein. Well, you're, going to, you're not going to make complete proteins. Protein. You're not going to be making healthy proteins. You're going to be lacking to some degree. So this is... This is a problem with vegans, too, and vegetarians. 
that they don't get the they don't eat livers and eggs. Yeah. Well, at least vegans. And well, the theory is that you can get enough of the essential amino acids from rice and beans. Yeah. But there's that's very controversial. Yeah, arugula. very controversial. Yeah. So this is the one reason why we highly emphasize the use of our MTHFR gene mutation protocol. Yeah. It, will, it, it will simply relax the expression of the gene variants. In other words, put that mutated gene back to sleep in many cases. Yeah, where we so what it. we're trying to do here is support the body's ability to regulate its own gene expression. And remember, only about 2%, actually it's about 1.5% of your entire DNA structure that's made up of these genes, that makes up the genes, is actually involved in coding. It's a very, very, very small part of your entire DNA makeup, but very critical in the ability to express health. That's why things like homocysteine and, and C-reactive uh, proteins, which are both a result of inflammation, uh, do not resolve themselves in some cases. Either the cause of the inflammation is maintained, like certain dietary intake, lots of sugar, bad oils, that will lead to constant inflammation inside the circulatory system, resulting in higher homocysteine C-reactive protein levels. Um, and when you have, which leads to hyperhomocysteinemia, too much homocysteine in the blood makes a person much more prone to what is known as endothelial cell injury. That's the, wall, the inside wall of your mm -hmm. blood vessels, which will lead to inflammation that leads to what's known as atherogenesis, which is the creation of atherosclerosis, the hardening, the building up of plaque inside the... Um, by hardening, I mean the, the plaque deposition inside the walls. Arteriosclerosis is the uh, hardening of the artery. And it could lead to the ischemic injury that we're always hearing about, TIAs, uh, blood clots, stroke... So the uh, final takeaway is that inflammation continues inside your body and the autoimmune diseases and cancer and early death can result from this. <laughs> and voting for Donald Trump. Well, <laughs> I put that in the notes. Yes, I, you know, he didn't read it. Well, there are those who think that if they have very good methylation, they will be voting for Donald Trump. Oh. <laughs> well, the big thing, I think the big takeaway is it's the anti-aging Gene. I mean, you you want to keep that gene asleep, so you will keep methylating. You will keep building proteins that keep you young. You keep building collagen that keeps you young. Everything works perfectly. It keeps replicating itself. And you, when you're 110, you look 29 forever. Yes. Yes. See, this is why it's so important to keep this as healthy as possible. So eat that liver or get on online at ForbiddenDoctor.com and look up the MTHFR gene mutation protocol. Yes. And So now you're free to treat yourselves, as you usually are when we finish up these uh, podcasts. Now we are selling all of our protocols online, not just a few, but they're all there. So you still want to consult with your doctor of choice, of course. But there are now over 700 forbidden protocols in our systems library on our website that will make you the forbidden doctor that you really are. Yeah. We're not the forbidden doctor. The forbidden doctor is inside of you that you've been forbidden to learn about and forbidden to listen to. So um, go to ForbiddenDoctor.com, type in your symptom, and up pops a description and a protocol of supplements you can buy online now. If you're already a patient, you've already been sent your username and password, because this is a secret part of our website. You can't get into it without a username and password. If you're not, all you have to do is take our free Forbidden Doctor Symptom Survey, and we will send you back a personally put-together protocol based on the results of your personal submission. And there's no obligation to buy anything, but nowhere on earth can you get such personalized care for free. Now, these surveys are protected under HIPAA requirements. Nobody sees them except our nutritional staff, and either they or Mary or myself will respond. Okay, now I'm going to give you the coupon I talked about at the beginning of the show. Since you're listening to this podcast, the coupon code that you put in when you're checking out for free shipping is... Free ship. F -R Where did you get that? Yeah, it was just brilliant. I don't know. F-R-E-E-S-H-I-P. All one word, not two words. Free just, ship. There will be no charge for handling or shipping if you do that. Yeah, which is kind of significant. Right. So that's really good. 
So, okay, thanks for listening again. And hopefully some of the confusion from this MTHFR gene has been cleared up and you realize how important it is yeah, to, even to keep if you, it healthy. And even if you have the variant of it, you can still do things to greatly decrease any negative effect. And, and stay young forever. Okay, we'll see you next see week. See you next week. Thanks for listening to the Forbidden Doctor podcast with Dr. Jack and Mary Stockwell. It's our pleasure to join you on your health revolution and look forward to our quest for health together. Join us again next week for more health secrets and forbidden truths about self-healing. Until then, visit ForbiddenDoctor.com and enter your email to receive a special coupon for the Forbidden Doctor special scientific formula, our long life energy enzymes. This custom-made one-capsule supplement is created from the most concentrated energy-stimulating enzymes. For more information, be sure to head over to ForbiddenDoctor.com. These podcasts are provided for information only. The previous statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Nothing that was said is intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.